Welcome in. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. Uh, not really sure where this one's gonna gonna twist and turn us to. Uh, we're just gonna kind of wing it. <laughs> yeah, it, maybe this will be the, uh, the the chance to break out the top five we were talking about doing. <laughs> that could be. You got one ready? Oh, I can always get one ready. All right. Um, not a not a, not not the most newsy week in UC <laughs> athletics history. Uh, we we've got some basketball stuff that I want some decisions from the American Conference that I want to talk about a little later in the show. Uh, we've got Mike Tressel being officially announced as defensive coordinator and a press conference that we held with him today. Uh, we've got James Hudson. Uh, skyrocketing his stock from the sounds of things in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. Uh, have you seen a let, – let's start with James. Have you seen a bad clip of him yet? I have not seen a bad clip. Um, I saw one person that said they thought the first day he wasn't, uh, he wasn't re- very good. Yeah, the only but, person that I haven't seen – I mean, obviously, there's way more people there probably tweeting about it than I've seen, but – um, I haven't seen Daniel Jeremiah have any comment, good or bad, um, so far. I have not read or have not seen his day three uh, recap yet. But yeah, I mean, you search James Hudson in the in the Twitter, and there's definitely a lot of good. And his clips are good, and he's burying dudes, and he looks quick, and everything that we thought he could be uh he seems to be putting on display right now well and then as i say that i google his name and some dude just first clip i see some dude speed rush swim moves him to the inside and but i mean you do that many reps you're not gonna be perfect all the time so that's the first thing i've seen where he hasn't held his own on the edge um but no, that I mean, this is kind of what we knew, right? Like, he's going to get into this environment, he's going to get into this setting, and he's going to look like a big athletic freak because he's a big athletic freak. Like, he is light on his feet. I mean, I, you know, there, there's concern over 33 inch arms instead of 34 inch arms. I think, uh, I mean, I think that's still above the threshold. For a tackle, uh, it's considered below. Yeah, 30, what is it, three, 33 and a half, 34? 34 is considered where you need to be. You need to be at at least 34, and he's at 33. No, he definitely doesn't have the Alex Leatherwood 85 and change wingspan that I saw. Right. So there is some issue there. I guess, you know, the 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 counter to that is, okay, then so he's a insanely athletic guard. Worst case scenario, right? Yeah, I mean, or he's a right tackle, or he's a right tackle. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're you're much more in tune with the the draft stuff than than I. You yeah, I, mean, I think there's a lot of good offensive linemen in this draft. Um, you have a couple that are like right at the top, Penny Sewell, Rashawn Slater. Uh, then you have kind of a next tier. And I think if his, you know, 
the 33 inch arms is going to probably keep him out of that. Like maybe keep him out of the top 75 to hundred. Although, I mean, he's playing really well, so it doesn't seem to be to this point a huge deal, but you know, when you get into the whole comparing guys and right and everything, and I think in, in Dane Brugler's latest top 100, he had like, 10 or 11 offensive, I don't know if it was offensive tackles or just offensive linemen. So it's a strong group. But, I mean, if you're in the top 100, that's the first three rounds. Right. And that looks like where he's trending. And I don't think once you get to that part that the arm length is going to outweigh some of the stuff that we're seeing right now and what he did put on tape uh, this season. I mean, it's funny because you watch, for me, you watch some of these reps and it's almost like, yeah, that's exactly why Dez hardly ever got hit this year because you just can't get around him on the edge and his footwork and ability to move, how light he is on his feet is just not something natural for a dude that's 6'4 and 305 pounds or whatever he is. He's going to get dinged for 11 starts and 700 yeah. and whatever snaps in his career. And it is what it is. Um, I, if just going off of, you know, I have not dug into much of any of this yet, but I would guess he's third, fourth round as of now. And it's going to be harder to move up this year because there's no combine. I don't know how they're doing visits like pro days. Like it just, it's just going to be harder to kind of like see those guys make those big jumps, but you also always have the people that are talking about him now. They don't make decisions. Right. So and you get this whole graph group or draft group think, which I hate. It's like, draft group think says so-and-so is a first rounder and he goes with the 55th pick and he's, he's no good. Like, or that's where he went because that's what the 32 NFL teams thought he was. Yeah. But all the draft nerds on Twitter think that he's a first rounder. And so, Oh my God, he's, he, he fell, you know, it's like, no, that's uh, where he was the whole time. So, um, I I'm saying probably in that fringe top 100 right now with some, with some opportunity to improve, I think, I mean, you know, as more people get familiar with him because he did only have this season, um, you know, could he get into the second? Sure. At that point, you're, you're just, you know, it's apples and oranges and strawberries and bananas. Like it's just whatever that, whatever that team wants. Right. You find a team that's got, you know, a, a, a glut of picks in the second round where they feel like they can, you know, reach maybe a little bit on a tackle. Cause he won't be there when they're, when they're up in the third or. And, and you've got, you know, you've got guys that were tackles in college that are probably guards in the NFL um, like which he it, might be. He, he could be. I don't think he's big enough weight-wise. Um, to be a guard. To be a guard. Uh, like Jalen Mayfield from Michigan. I've seen people say that he's probably going to end up kicking inside. Um, Rashawn Slater, even. You know, 
does he get drafted by a team that has good tackles, but they like him because of he can play all the spots and maybe they start him at guard and ends up at tackle. Who knows? But, um, and you know, there's going to be more, I mean, not, not all these guys that played tackle in college are going to end up being tackles in the NFL. So I just don't, right. much, I just don't think he's, he's too athletic to gain the weight. Like I just can't see him becoming like a 330 pound guy. Yeah. And it's six, four. He doesn't have a lot of, extra space to carry his, 25 his pounds. benefit to his game is his athleticism and i don't know how that's kind of goes to waste if you try to move him inside unless you're like a zone team or you're a team that that pulls your guards a lot but yeah you don't i see mean, a ton of that in the nfl they're still bigger than that though i mean they're still 315 320 you know. i think he could do 315 i mean, put 10 pounds on him i don't think that's no crazy and he'd still either. be pretty athletic at three fifteen. I just think his best, his best spot is dealing with speed, dealing with speed rushers. Yeah, is that you don't do that as much on the right side, right? You run more right than I mean, than you worry about anymore. They got dudes on both sides. <laughs> any, yeah, anymore, you draft quarterback, offensive line, defensive line, DBs. There, there's. They're deep, you know, it's not like it used to be where your best pass rusher matched up against your left tackle. Like you right. better have somebody on the right side because these defenses now, mo- the good ones are bringing dudes from everywhere. So I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if you can hide dudes on the at right tackle. Like maybe you used to be able to 10 years ago. How much is it an advantage being at the senior bowl in a year like this, though? Because huge advantage. It's the only time anybody's going to see you play actual football. Yeah. And I mean, you don't get a combine setting, but you get an actual football setting and you've got NFL executives there. They, they, they talk to guys at the senior bowl, right? Way, way more important to do that, to do well here than at the combine, especially for an offensive lineman. Oh, for sure. They get to see you up close and personal how you handle different guys that you've never gone against and all the moves that they present. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the combine I've never been a huge fan of. I mean, if you're fast, you're fast. I don't really care to see you run in a straight line. Um, but yeah, this is definitely more important to, to have this for him than anything else. Um. I mean, his punch looks good. Like, he totally shocks this dude from, I think, Penn State in this one clip, like, just right to the chest. Um, you know, we saw the clips yesterday of him planting Jonathan Cooper from Ohio State. So, he's done, you know, anything he can, everything he can do. You know, he's just gonna right. have he's gonna have the uh, the game issue and snap issue and the the arm length that will keep him probably out of that second round range. But I mean, there's two, the other thing too is you get into the third round, he is like a coach's dream because they look at because him because he is like, raw. <laughs> I, like I can work with this guy. Like his best football has not been played like you know he has all the tools 
and we just need to get him into a system and familiar with the system and, and where it's his job and things like that. Like someone, like I could see a team, like you said, with maybe extra picks or the end of a round where they're like, we like him, but we don't love him, but we know there's no shot. We're going to get him the next time we pick. And maybe that, you know, maybe he does go end of two early three, something like that. Who's Shaka Tony? I think that's the duty handled from Penn State. Like, okay. punched in the chest. That was it. Not seeing the shock at Tony Buzz. Everything's a fastball down the middle. Chalk up two wins for James Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus Mosher, I don't know who yeah. that is. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Said, uh, never heard of James Hudson before today, but man, he had himself a day at the senior bowl. I think that was yesterday. That was yesterday. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the, the buzz is definitely considerable. Oh, yeah. Like, he's got – I don't – I mean, obviously, I'm not searching all these other guys, and I don't know who's there, but I don't know what offensive lineman down there uh, – Dylan – I don't know how to pronounce his last name um, – from North Dakota State. I've seen some buzz on him, and there's a dude from Canada that has gotten some some discussion, but – I mean, there's, I mean, if you're, I mean, Matt Miller was talking about him. He's one of the the most well-known draft Knicks, draft guru type people, Connor Rogers from Bleacher Report, talking about him. Um, so it's definitely out there from the people that, not that they're going to shape opinion or anything, but um, ooh, this Shaka Tony dude had a rough, rough couple days. <laughs> rough I'm watching couple a, days. I'm watching a clip of some guy, Robert Jones. He tries to give him a spin move, and dude just eats him and plants him. Like, not not a good couple days for Shaka Khan. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, this is why we felt that he was going to leave. Yeah, because when he gets in a setting like this, he's going to look like he's looking like. Yeah. I mean, and and I got like there was, you know, it's like we talked about. There wasn't enough buzz on him at the end of the season because there aren't many quality edge rushers in the American. There wasn't any like, you know high-end guys where every week he's putting on tape wow look at Hudson eliminate this guy instead it was like no that guy's okay and we didn't know that he played today (laughs) yeah um so it's definitely uh, uh something we expected from him when he got there but kudos to him you gotta actually go out and do it yeah you still gotta go do it and I've seen some buzz that considers him the best tackle at, in Mobile. Yeah. Like you said, there's not a lot of the, you know, the elite guys aren't there. But if you can go to an event like that where, where every NFL team has representation and walk out as the best tackle for the week, I mean, it's impossible for your, for your stock not to go up. For sure. And if you can close it out in the game because – I mean, I don't know how many people actually watch it, but last year I watched it. 
I mean, I watch it every, I try to watch it every year, but last year I watched it mainly just because the Bengals coaching staff was coaching. So I was you know, paying more attention than, for example, this year. The offensive line play in the game, especially on the whatever team the Bengals were coaching, I think North, I assume, but it was terrible. Atrocious. So if he can have a good game, that, I mean, that just solidifies it even more. Right. Um, we obviously James Wiggins not there. I'm guessing that is related to the stress fracture uh, in his leg. Haven't yeah. heard anything on that because they're only doing medicals at the combine, so there's really no reason for him to go down there. Right. If he's not going to participate, and they probably wouldn't even let you with with everything that's going on. Right. Um. And they're not, you know, they're not. They're meeting with teams, but it's not nearly the same. So. He just need. I mean, his whole thing is going to be revolved around his medicals, which is unfortunate. I He's mean, got plenty of tape. I mean, he would test. Yeah, no. He quite, would test no straight, but everybody knows what he is already. Like, he's not one of those dudes that shows up at the combine and they're like, "Oh my God, who's this guy? We got to go back and watch his film because he just jumped twelve feet." And you know, they know all that already. Do the, do the punters not like work out? I haven't heard anything on Jimmy. <laughs> I don't know. Are they are they punting at the at the senior bowl this year? I don't I don't know if that's uh uh we got one I got one. Oh, okay. What under did you James have to Smith. search it under James Smith? It's James Smith Senior Bowl. James Smith got a whole period dedicated to punting and did not disappoint. Really impressed with him so far. Uh punt drills just finished up. Really liked hearing James Smith showcase his Australian accent in his cadence. Well, thanks, thanks for that. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that has a lot to do with his uh, his punting. Doesn't sound like there's a lot of punting sessions, and I mean, and, and let's be honest, I wouldn't really be hanging around to watch him anyway if I was a draft person. Right. Um. I mean, it looks like there's just people standing around watching. So, yeah, you can talk about it a little bit. But, what, they got him punting 50 yards here. Where does he put it? Usually at the five. I mean, that's the thing that always amazed me about Jimmy. He's got a 45-yard metronome. Oh, yeah. it's like Perfect just, hang time, like, 45 yards every time. It's like a, a sand wedge. How far do you hit? <laughs> 62 yards. <laughs> not 63, not 61. I hit my sand wedge 62 yards. Um, so that, that's, that's about it to, to get things kicked off from the Senior Bowl. Uh, is the Hula Bowl this weekend or next weekend? I'm going to, you know, unfortunately, I cannot answer that. Off the top of my head. Okay. <laughs> I'm guessing it's not the same week. Yeah, I just haven't. Uh, January 31st. No, it's January 31st. Okay, so um, what? Aloha Monday? Stadium. Sunday? Sunday, I guess that is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first, yeah. Is, the first is. Monday, yeah. Day three. Uh, I haven't seen, I guess there's nobody went to Hawaii to cover the Hula Bowl this year. Where are they even playing it? Their stadium's been condemned. They are playing it at. uh, I think they have like a twenty practice stadium that they're going to be playing at next year because Aloha Stadium was condemned. It says they're at Aloha Stadium. 
I guess without fans, who cares if the stadium's condemned? Yeah. If everyone stands in the middle and it falls down. <laughs> and, and there, there's a picture of them with the logo on the field and people on the field at uh, Aloha Stadium. Game week has started. So I guess they – okay, that makes sense. They started everything kind of today. Okay. There was something this morning. So that's probably why we haven't heard much from the Hula Bowl yet. Yeah. Teams were ch- players were checking in 14 hours ago. So that's a that's a rough gig, right? Yeah. Got to go to Hawaii for a couple of days. Uh huh. Come back home with the Rona. Looks like it's on on CBS Sports. Yeah. At 9:30 Eastern, I'm mean, a five hour difference, right? Yep. Yep. Okay, yeah. 9:30 Eastern. CBS Sports Sunday. So we'll keep an eye on that and try to get some retweets out if we see anything from practices at the Hula Bowl. Uh, Mike Trestle announced to yesterday press conference today. Uh, you haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I was there. So I guess uh, we'll let you fire away. Uh, anything grab your attention right off the bat? Um, he was, I, I found it interesting. He was noncommittal on what his base will be, which I, I think is a good sign. Cause I think if he was locked into, I'm going to run four man, I, you know, I don't, I don't coach three man fronts or any, you know, if he was, if he was hell bent on it, we would have heard that today. Probably. And it sounded like what I said, probably it sounded like it was, we're going to continue to, to do what we feel is best each week to stop that opponent, which is kind of what I wanted to hear. Uh, because that's why I think this defense has had such incredible success. I, I don't like coaches that are locked into this is what we do. And, and the only thing that we do simply because there are going to be teams that are built to exploit whatever weaknesses you have in that specific system. Uh You know, if you look at the schedule this year, I think it lends itself to more four-man fronts, doesn't it? For sure. I mean, you're replacing Memphis and Houston with Tulane and Navy. Yeah. So, um, but it sounded like he would still be open to the fact that if we're facing a team, we need more DBs on the field. We, we will use more DBs. If we need more linemen, we'll use more linemen. He's a linebackers coach at heart. Um, so I think that, you know, we're probably going to see three linemen. And I mean, I don't know, I guess the, the four, two, five is interesting. Um, but you have to think like you've got DeBlanco, you've got Beavers, you've got Van Fossen, you've got these three young kids that are all chomping at the bit to get on the field. We're probably going to see three linebackers. How fast is your defense if you play a 4-2-5 and Beavers and Van Fossen are your linebacker? Fast and aggressive. So, and, and I wouldn't rule that out. I mean, I wouldn't either. I mean, that's who I would be playing. If you're going to take somebody out, you take out your middle linebacker. Yeah, and you play – your cover guy and then your speed guy, which, you know, is, is kind of beavers. I don't speed guy, but that weak side will linebacker that can kind of fly all over the field. Um, 
So to me, that was the one thing that really stood out. I know everybody, you know, he talked a lot about being excited to come back to Cincinnati. He talked a lot about the, the, the watching the program uh, on its rapid ascension from afar after, you know, being here and kind of setting the foundation and talked about taking pride and seeing the program go to a couple BCS bowls and, and seeing what Fick has done over the past four years. I thought he said the right things. Um, but I'm more interested in the football side of it. I, I know a lot of people are, you know, they want their pound of flesh for, for feeling wronged, uh, 15 years ago. <laughs> That's, it's not me. I, whatever, it, it, but it, it's, it's important to a lot of people. I get that. I'm not making light of that. I'm just pointing out that it's not something I, uh, think much about. Um, but I, I thought he said the right things. He's got, he's got, it's, he seems to have an interesting personality. He's kind of, um, he's upbeat for sure. And when, once he gets into, to football talk, uh, the comparison on the board today was a lot to John Gruden. <coughs> Spider two, why? Is, is, is that accurate? Uh, I could see where people would, would see, would make that comparison. Uh, somebody can, said he was a mix between um, Gruden and Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> which I thought was funny. But I thought overall it was a, it was a good introductory press conference. It was a, a good starting point. Um, I think it's pretty clear him and Fick have talked a lot, and then he's watched a lot of tape uh, about what he's inheriting. Yeah, and I think he's very excited <laughs> with what he has seen on tape. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, that's what, we, that's what we've talked about. I mean, how can that's a, that's a well, lot of that's a lot of toys, man, that you don't usually get to. I mean, to be real, he's inheriting more toys than Marcus Freeman is. Yeah, because Notre Dame lost a lot of their defense. So, I mean, that's I think that's more than fair, you know. Um, he did talk a lot about the defensive line and basically was like, look, there's not many places you can go in the country where you walk in and the defensive line room looks like this. It's like, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was, you could tell that was something he was excited about uh, as any defense, you know, that's, there's a reason Fick talks about being an uh, O-line, D-line driven program. And if you're a defensive coordinator and you walk into uh, what he called were eight starter quality players on the defensive line, which is accurate, like you're feeling pretty good about the job you just took, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, remember, I mean, it's not, it hasn't been very long where we had, you know, we had a couple starter quality and those guys were having to play. 80% you know, of the snaps. Yeah. I mean, there, there wasn't, it's, it's all these guys now, which is kind of ironic that we're backing them up. But at that point in time, they had not developed. It was Cortez and Cope and there, there wasn't much behind them at all. Um, now we found out they were ready to step up once those guys moved on. But uh, yeah, if you're a, you're a, a incoming DC, I, I can't imagine outside of going to, Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, you know, that type of place, you're not walking into a place with a better defensive line situation than what's going on in Cincinnati right now. 
No. So, um, those, those were kind of my, my initial takeaways. Uh, I'm interested to get to the spring, but and there's been a few people that have commented today that I, I think are, are on the nose. It's like, okay, that's out of the way. Let's get to football. Yep. And look, the guy has coached high, high level defenses at Michigan state. When Michigan state was, was a factor in the big 10, three, four, five years ago for that stretch that they were, you know, right there near the top of the conference every year. They went to the, it wasn't, it wasn't because their offense was great. They went to the playoff five years ago. I mean, they got blown yeah. up by Alabama, but I mean, it, cause the offense sucked. Yeah. They weren't there because their <laughs> offense was great. Like, let's just, let's keep it 100 as the kids would say, let's keep it 100. Um, so yeah, I think it's ultimately, I think it's going to be a good fit. I think this is probably the second best you could have done behind getting Chris Ash. And this is a guy that's familiar with Vic. So let's go. Yeah, I will say uh, an interesting thing I just noticed doing some Twitter sleuthing. One of uh, Coach Tressel's most recent follows is running back, class of 2022, Valley Forge running back Kentrell Marks, who is the 14th ranked player in Ohio and a high three-star. He uh, has a UC offer and, coincidentally, also has a Michigan State offer. Well, he said straight up in the press conference, like, I got some kids that I was recruiting up there that I'm recruiting here, too. Like, you know, I'm bringing those files with me. Right. I'm I'm guessing Mr. Marks might be one of them. I, I think this is a class where ideally you get two backs. 6'1", 180 from Cleveland. More of a speed guy as compared to Stephen Bird, who is yeah, I would, a monster. I would guess that's the case. Apparently, he looks like he plays basketball as well. Has uh, offers from UC, Iowa, Iowa State, Kentucky, Michigan State, Pittsburgh, West Virginia. I know his name from basketball. Oh, okay. Actually. Not that I, I think he's UC's level, but it's just the name I've heard when he was younger. Uh, coming up on the basketball side of things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think he said the right things. I think the presser went well. Uh, I look forward to one of these days getting to know him a little better. <laughs> <laughs> it has, uh, that hasn't been, that hasn't been easy. No. Yet. Yet. But um, know, where you want to go from here? What else you got? Fire away. Let's talk about some stuff. Uh, running backs coach. Mm, I think that process is ongoing. Maybe at the point of winding down. Uh, I definitely think Mike Daniels and Armand Benz are names to watch, but I don't think as this has played out, they are the only names to watch. Uh, logically, Dave, would you agree with me that if this was a Mike Daniels, Armand Benz that would race have already, would have already happened. That race would be complete and the race is not complete. So uh, my guess is Luke is doing everything in his power to keep this thing uh, under the radar, but 
I think there are definitely going to be some outside candidates that we will uh, that we will continue to track. Uh, I don't have any names I can release yet. But as we have done in every coaching search that Luke has held, Dave, it is very wise to follow the the ties, right? <laughs> you could say that. You could say that. Um, Got guys that have coached with him, guys that have coached with somebody that he's coached with, maybe former Buckeyes, former Buckeyes from the time that Luke Fickle was a Buckeye. You have to like, you have to exhaust all of those avenues. <laughs> well, that's what, makes really, it, that's what makes it hard with him. He was there for so damn long. There's like a hundred, it, it could be, I mean, it could be anybody. Players, coaches, some guy that was there one. I mean, him and Tressel worked together for like one year. <laughs> yeah, but I, that's a little different because but I'm just saying, like, it, yet, but it yeah. could be so. I mean, the list is like it could be so long. It's, it's not you're not such so easy to just like. Oh yeah, it could be this guy. Right, but uh, if you were trying to to figure it out, that would be where I would start. It's where we always start. <laughs> yeah. Who who possibly could be tied to Fickle uh, to be interested in this in this specific position? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I would still I've still got my my eye on Daniels and Benz, but I I don't think it is uh, strictly down to those two. I think there are other factors potentially in play. If we don't hear anything by this week, I'm guessing it'll be early next week. Yeah. I think this week was kind of last week was, was action week on getting Mike Tressels in and situated and, and ready to take over this week, I think has been focused on uh, the running back coach position. And if it's something that is not completed this week, I do think it is something that we will see uh, some kind of resolution to early next week, even if, as we have learned from UC, uh, they can't make it official for a week or whatever, <laughs> right? Unless it's Ben's. I mean, Ben's is here. Right. Ben's would be easy, right? You don't you don't have to do a background check. You don't have to do anything. You just kind of slide him over. So yeah, we will see. I I am monitoring. Definitely Good. monitoring. Uh, let's see. What any other anything else with football? It's kind of kind of just quiet. Uh, I mean, you know, as quiet as football is these days right um no i'm hoping on friday i'm i'm almost done with my five names to watch on offense five young names to keep an eye on on offense there's it it took a little bit longer because there's been some back and forth on a couple of the spots should i should i give the two names that that were in contention but aren't going to make the five we could do that sure uh, one is Marquez Bell. Okay. Um, slot receiver with Jay Sean Jackson gone. There's going to be competition at slot receiver. I think we'll see Tyler Scott some there, but I also think we'll see Tyler Scott some on the outside. Uh, so I don't think you're limited to slot receiver there. And I've heard Bell has turned some heads uh, with his athleticism short area quickness, ability to catch the football. Uh, he had a good red shirt year 
And he is a name that is kind of on track to potentially uh, help himself in the spring as they go into the summer. So that is one. The other would be Gavin Gerhardt, huh. the the Xenia native, who is it projects to guard. He I was think. the first commit in that class, correct? Correct. First commit of the 2020 class. Um, and, you know, the, I think that's just such a tough spot right now because there's so many guys competing no, at guard. There's no room. Yeah. I mean, you outplay somebody in Luke Fickle's arena, though, you find room. We know that uh, for a fact. So Gerhardt is uh, another one that I think uh, they are they are high on, but he just missed out in terms of who I selected uh, for the offensive line for this piece. I don't think it would be difficult to figure out who that would be. Uh, John Williams. It, you're, if you're slated to start <laughs> at right tackle, you're you're probably it's like a, it's a safe bet. Safe bet. Yeah, twenty four seven sent out a, a thing today. Uh, they're doing an article for next week or down the line, asking um, if there were any true freshmen that you thought would get significant playing time. And I was like, well, the punter graduated. They don't have another punter. The rake, yeah. the rake is going to be Cincinnati's punter. Like, yeah, does that count? <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for a freshman that's going to potentially play a lot, Cincinnati's punter is like their that's their only option at punter. So he's going to play a lot. Yeah. Um, if I did a special teams young guys to watch for, he would be the guy. <laughs> you know where we screwed up i think we screwed up not getting we probably could have got case and pfeiffer some freshman all-american love if we had thought of it i know we should have thought of that, that i mean that would have required a lot out of us yeah. i mean it's I, enough it's enough for me to just like show up on time for this thing and yeah and do and do what i gotta do in my in my normal day so i can't imagine there were many true freshman long snappers in the country. No, I'd, I, I would get, I would venture a guess that that would be accurate. And was there a bad snap this year? Not that I remember. I mean, nothing jumps out. Right. And that's one of those things that generally, if there's a bad one, you were, you recall pretty directly. We messed up. We could have, we, I don't know if there is a such thing as a, <laughs> All American freshman, all American long snapper. But, probably, uh, probably not. He should have been on the list if there was. There should be one though. So. <laughs> if you're making a freshman all American team, that's a position. He played it. I saw him. Yeah. Um. No, I mean, I I don't have a ton else for football. Um, I'm trying to think if anything. No, not. I mean, it's it's pretty. Pretty static right now. We don't have uh, anything set in stone on when spring practice is going to to happen. Um, I've talked about it. I talked about it on the BBP this week. That is generally the week before spring break. Um, Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. If that's going to hold up. That's what it has been the first four years that Luke Fickle was here. 
Uh, I don't know if that'll be the case this year or not. Nobody is really ready to uh, to start throwing out potential hypothetical dates for the start of spring practice yet. Uh, next week is National Signing Day. Cincinnati will not be participating. Oh. Somebody's going to ask. Are they going to sign anybody? Are they going to sign anybody? They, yeah, they, they got any spots? <laughs> that one guy left. Does that make us? Does that open up a spot? No. No. 20, <laughs> 25 is 25. Uh, so nothing there. Uh, Luke Fickle is still the head coach at Cincinnati. He did not take the Tennessee job. Okay. Here, I do kind of want to talk about this, not from the. <laughs> the sadness that is my uh, my existence as a Vols fan. Oh, we can we can get to that. I okay, we can, so we can talk about the impact on the AAC a little the, bit. The, this is just too good, though. So the Split Zone Duo podcast that we that I've referenced before that Stephen Godfrey's on with Alex Kirshner and uh, Richard Richard Johnson today. Of course, they're talking about it, and it was the perfect analogy. Josh Heupel is the you up higher. Thamel's <laughs> been Thamel's been riding hard for him today. He's the you up higher, as one of my friends said. Uh, children, close your ears. He's the I've been trying to get eights and tens all night, but I settled for a six, and now I got chlamydia. <laughs> it's not nice dave well is that is it wrong like you hired danny white to get a home run you're paying him 1.8 million dollars i think that's more than any ad in the country is making the general range for ad's is like half a million to a million like I should Google Joe Castiglione at uh, Oklahoma. I, I'm imagining he's way, way up there. Chris Del Conte at Texas, probably way up there. $1.8 million. You hire him because you think he is getting you a wow sitting power five or whatever you want to call power five coach. Matt Campbell, Luke Fickle. I don't know who, you know, James Franklin. And you get... Josh bleeping hypo. <laughs> who, who they also paid 120 grand to a search firm. That that one. And the, the, that's the, the icing on the cake of this whole ordeal is Kevin Steele was given a guaranteed two-year contract that he is going to work two weeks of and make nine hundred thousand dollars because he is not staying on staff. And Auburn is still paying him. That's one of the great that life. That's one of the great finesse jobs of all time. I'm gonna come in and and be your. I'm gonna come in and be your interim coach for 14 freaking days, (laughs) and make 900 grand guaranteed. What in the hell was Tennessee thinking, bringing in an outside guy to be the interim? I'm so confused. Oh no, he was he was brought in just to be a defensive staff person. Daddy. Okay, so then <laughs> then the staff was like, go after that. Yes, but he okay. oh, come on, he he knew what was going on. He well, yeah, he was probably he, angling to get the job. Well, what what he thought and what most people probably thought was that 
they weren't that they weren't going to move Fulmer out as fast as they did, and he would have at least. This is what I'm imagining Kevin Steele thought. I'm going to come in. I'm going to blah blah blah. I got a pretty good idea that they're going to move Jeremy Pruitt out, but he probably couldn't have imagined that they were going to move Fulmer out as fast as they did. Right. And then then, but hey, you, I mean. Tennessee is two of my very, very best friends in college with money on the greatest steroids ever with more credit card. I mean, just more credit cards. I mean, they used to set up little tables on campus and between the dorm rooms and the classes and you could sign up for a credit card. My buddy had like 30 credit cards. He's paying credit cards off with credit cards. Like, I mean, so much debt. That's what Tennessee is like. This isn't real money. This is this is monopoly money. $120,000 for a search firm for us to hire the guy that's been hired twice by the damn AD we just hired. Who cares? What is it? Who cares? Money, money, money. Who cares? Like <laughs> it's just but it makes my life easy because I literally don't have to pay any attention to them anymore. You can't quit. Oh, I I practically have. I mean, I I don't even know Clearly. half the player. I don't know half the. Well, you can't not pay attention to these type of things, but like the <laughs> the, the the players, I don't even know. I couldn't name you ten players on the team. I couldn't name you. 15 well, that's because they're all in the transfer portal. That's true. More than anybody else. In, more than any. More than any power, power five team in the country. Um, but you oh, set that up on a tee. I mean, I. And I don't like it for UC either because I think they're going to get a way better coach than they had. <laughs> they probably are. Like that's, which that's good. The problem though is that they also now don't have an AD. Right. How fast are they going to get an AD in there? Does that AD have tie? Like there's a lot of names being thrown out, but it's totally going to depend on who the AD is. As we saw with Danny White. Well, and they said they're going to hire an AD before they hire a coach. Right. So if they hire an AD in the next week or two, They've had a lot of transfers too. So who's holding that whole thing together? Because from what I can tell, several of those coaches are going to be going to Knoxville. I think I saw four. Which is also four terrible. or five. I mean, oh my God. Um, but you know, who does that new A who is that new AD have connections to? I would assume, I mean, I don't want to, you know how that goes, but it would make a whole hell of a lot of sense if they just tried to keep what they got going going and brought in another coach who's going to run an offense similar to what Heupel was running. I got an your idea. Hear me, hear me out. Your roster, hold on. Your roster set up for that. You know, the guys that the guys you do have left that aren't transferring. Like I, I just, I have a hard time believing they're going to bring in like some defensive coach or some pro style coach, like, Marcus Freeman. Yeah. Wouldn't no. that be funny? Well, you know, the thing that I thought would be funny is if they hired Tony Elliott, which is who I wanted UT to hire. He um, apparently is, is there, or at least according to Clemson's AD is staying. Not going to let him get out of there. I mean, yeah. but still, you see a still a damn good job though. I mean, if that's, it if is, if that's where you get your first head coaching opportunity going from Clemson to there, and then probably in three years, get the Florida job when Dan Mullen gets fired or leaves like, that could be a pretty good, pretty good progression there for you. Without question. I mean, I, I outside of Cincinnati, I think it's probably the best G5 job. Well, I, I asked Godfrey today 
which one was better. And he actually retweeted it. He's like, just because of recruiting Florida kids versus Ohio kids, he says, barely UCF. Yeah. Because I said, I mean, I, I said, because he made a comment of like, man, the industry is hot with everyone wanting to run to Central Florida. And I said, if Fickle had left, which job would have got more interest? And he just said, UCF barely just because of recruiting. Yeah. I don't think he's wrong. I mean, I think it's close. No. I mean, I've thought of can't, I've thought of people like, you know, everybody has their list. I've thought of people like, okay, what if Luke did leave? What if he got the Eagles job? Who, like, who does UC go after? Is it, is it, are we being myopic and being like, oh, it's just, just hire Marcus or are we not being open enough to the fact that there would be a ton of coaches that would be interested and you do need to, you would need to run like a real ass search. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, thank God you see it in higher Scott Satterfeld. Oh shit, man. That dude's been trying to get out of Louisville five minutes after he got there. And Louisville's pretty damn good job. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking support and facilities and, he had, you know, he had a good first year, and then it fell off a cliff, and he yeah. has had a big problem with talking when he shouldn't talk. <laughs> and and th- those, think, were, those were the choices. It was, it was Fickle or Satterfield. Like, I don't think those people like him very much, so I think they were kind of hoping that he would uh, figure out a way to get out of there. Imagine him pulling those stunts with this fan base. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. I mean – wouldn't have gone over well. No, it wouldn't. I think, but I mean, yeah, I think, big, I think I think the boner did all right with that one. For sure. I mean, it is a big, it's a big hire for UCF because yeah, because like, you've lost. Footage. I have. I've not been shy telling you people my thoughts on Josh Heupel, and I don't think I've really been wrong. Car was a bitch sometimes. I mean, why? <laughs> why can my the one guy not the, just? effing hire people that don't have anything to do with each other <laughs> like oh you see hires butch jones tennessee hires butch jones okay you know tennessee fires their coach now they hire a coach from my uc's conference that i think is hot garbage like you have been railing on josh heupel for three years have, i mean am i wrong i don't no, think i'm not I saying am. you're wrong i'm not saying you're wrong i'm just I don't saying think it's I funny am. I mean, I'm just saying it's funny that now he's the coach of your alma mater. I just, yeah, it, it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> For me, it's hilarious. Yeah, but I just, you know. I For think the people listening, they're cracking up right now. People talk about their total offense, and I'm like, they're it's by yards. It's such a hollow statistic. Like, watch them play. Watch them play anybody with a pulse on defense. Look at Dylan Gabriel's stats in the two, last two games against UC and compared to everybody else they play. Yep. Well, that's so, the, that, I, I was I was gonna tweet a funny, but I didn't want to I didn't want to upset you. No, I'm, I'm and it was I'm, like we're way past the point of being upset. This is just a com- it's a comedy act now. Like I, this is all I for our just, personal shits and all me and my friends' personal shits and giggles. I was gonna ask what it's gonna look like in the SEC running four offensive plays with very basic uh, variations on each play because that they run four plays. Yeah. His his playbook is uh is just a piece of paper printed out on a on a printer. 
it looks like tech mobile it's just <laughs> four four squares on a piece of paper run one run two pass one pass two we'll see because uh, i mean they're one of my biggest gripes with tennessee was stop trying to be georgia and alabama without georgia and alabama players so they yeah. did they did that part like they're going to be different and that's what they needed to do i just don't know if this is the coach that i want running the different but it will it will at least be interesting it will be interesting to see if sec defenses can play them man to man because if they can they're totally screwed but if they can't they're gonna they're gonna have some success because he's gonna get dudes like dudes are gonna want to play in that offense that he is going to be able to sell i I don't even think him and those guys are that good recruiters but i mean if you've been to knoxville lately the trappings aren't exactly Motel Six, right? I mean, they're trying to do everything they can. They've just made some really crappy hires lately, um, but they're going to get guys. And if those defenses can't figure out how to play them because they don't see, I mean, what he runs is not what Mike Leach runs. So it's no, not, it's not air raid at all. It's not. It's got. It's more veer. It's like Veer slash Air Raid, but a different type of Air Raid. It's, you know, but it's not the same passing style that Leach runs. So nobody's seen anything like it. But I can't imagine that you're, that you got all these analysts and old head coaches that are now making 30 grand a year that are just going to sit there and study the hell out of that offense and that these teams aren't going to be able to figure out a way to, to slow it down. Yeah. Play a man, press him, be aggressive, and don't let him, you know, get free runs down the field. And it ain't that hard of a defense yeah. offense to I mean, stop. I mean, but, you know, to the part that, you know, enough bagging on on me, but uh, the part that, <laughs> the part that actually matters to the UC element is I've got a name for UCF. Okay, give it to me, Scott Frost. <laughs> How much? How much would he give back to Nebraska to go back to UCF right now? Right? That's my point. You got to make that they, call, don't you? No, because I think they can do way better. Scott Frost did all right there. Like, he, he was built for there. He did, but sometimes you've, been, you've got got. Yeah, he got got. Like, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't run that back if I were them. I mean, I'd go, I'd go right to Tony Elliott and be like, I don't care what they're offering you. We'll, we'll do better. You've never been a head coach. You're in Florida. Where the you know, you're. What are you waiting for? Yeah. What what else What else there, do you think would be on the table? For them? Yeah, for them. Like, who's their real? I mean, I, yeah. What's real? I, I mean, Elliot doesn't sound like they, they so. put so many damn names. Like Pete Thamel, they put like. 140 characters of names out. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's like, yes, we realize a lot of people want the job. Um, Jeff Levy, if they can get him out of Ole Miss, um, he's either going to stay at Ole Miss or be the OC at Tennessee, but he was the OC for Hypo before he went to Ole Miss. So if you just want to keep that train going, he's an option. Uh, the OC at Iowa State also has been at UCF with Heupel. Um, then you've got like your Jamie Chadwells, who a lot of people in Tennessee think they should have just hired him. 
Uh, so you got how mad would you be if, if UCF makes a better hire? No, I, I'm not going to be mad because honestly, you think they're going to make a better hire? Screw it up, not to. <laughs> oh. Like, Hypo's uh, only making four million dollars at Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, four like, million dollars isn't cheap. Yeah, but if you were trying to get Luke and Matt Campbell and yeah. James Franklin, there should be a gap in between those three and what you got. Right. Like, the, the coach, I mean, I'm going to put my SEC just means more hat on for a second as a joke. The coach at Tennessee should not be making $600,000 more than the coach at UC. That's fair. That's fair. Not when you're bringing in 30 plus million in fundraising to and a $50 every million year, dollar TV every year, deal. Plus the SEC network TV deal, plus the CBS TV deal, plus the ESPN TV deal. Like there's no reason that that, that those two coaches should basically be making in the grand scheme of coaching salaries. They're making the same amount of money. Yeah. It's not great. No, it's, it's not, not great. But like I said, now I don't have to really pay attention anymore because we're going to suck for the next couple of years for sure. <laughs> oh, boy. Would you have been more happy with the guy from Buffalo? Yeah, because he's actually won something. Fair. And like built programs and at bat, like you win at Buffalo. You know how hard it is to win at Buffalo? Not easy. Like, that's what, I mean, like, my, my, my friends, you know, I love them to death. But, like, when I pitched Tony Elliott, like, the, he was the hot name. One of them was, like, that's underwhelming. And I'm, like, you're the reason that we're in this spot. People with the mindset of, that you have. Like, another one was, like, the Buffalo coach is only 37 and 33. I'm, like, you realize what that program was for, I mean, its existence before he got there, right? Yeah. Six national championships in Division Three, like. Is there any proof that a guy from Division Two, II, Division Three, can jump up a level or two and win? Have we seen anybody do that? Yeah, I've, I've seen a couple. Jim Trestle comes to mind. Anybody else? Uh, Matt Campbell. Anybody else? Um, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank now. Worked pretty Brian, well for Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> Worked pretty that, well for Brian guy. Kelly. Yeah. Chuck Martin, not so much. Brian Kelly, I mean, yes. I think Chuck Martin's found his lane. I mean, yeah. You know, the Mac is just in such a hard spot. Like, you get a good coach, he's gone in a couple of years. Yeah. You get a bad coach, you fire him. But you get a coach that kind of doesn't really do either. Are you going to fire him? Because are you really going to get something better? Right. When you got He's no been, cat, when you got no money at all, like it's a t- yeah. it's a, it's a tough spot, man. I mean, they're they're they've fallen so so far. I mean, they're they're not even. I mean, obviously, they're nowhere near the American. They're not really anywhere near the Sun Belt either, because they're just the money that's pouring into those programs. Right. Is distancing themselves. I mean, the Mountain West is kind of on its last leg, depending on what Boise does. But, I mean, Conference USA in the MAC, ugh, it's a, that's a rough go. I mean, I don't know how any of those teams over the next few years can really sustain 
trying to do what they're, you know, claiming that they're going to compete with these other, other conferences. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's not, it's not a good spot for Miami right now. No. <clears throat> All right. Let's get to some basketball real quick before we get out of here. Um, what basketball? They're still playing. They're they're still a team. They they still uh, have a basketball team at the University of Cincinnati. Did you know? Did you know? Have you looked at the UC Tulane game? What UC Tulane game? The one coming up in uh, nine days. You know the answer to that. Go look it up. I want to see your. Re- I want you your looking? live reaction. Look what up? Date and time. Oh, it's on like Super Bowl Sunday at like six o'clock, right? Yeah, yeah. What what are we on ESPN Plus? <laughs> well, what I mean, what's on ESPN? I want to know what that what the kind of programming on the Big Boy Network is to the Super Bowl. I don't even know. What I mean, I would... ESPN Plus, a team that's three and seven that hasn't played in a month that still might not play. Versus, I couldn't tell you what Tulane's record is. I couldn't name one single player. Um, I mean, will a thousand people watch that? I, I joked with Mo today like that a it's thousand be... warm bodies. Will they actually? Will a thousand people watch it from start to finish without changing the channel? I, I joked with Mo today that it's it's literally going to be. Uh, friends, me, me, him, and Justin Williams are going to be the three people that have it on just because we have to. <laughs> uh, let's see. Nothing on ESPN. That's got to be a replay. So they couldn't even put them on ESPN or ESPN 2 or you or news. <laughs> ESPNU is apparently running a replay of North Carolina Duke. They couldn't they couldn't even get on ESPNU over a replay of UNC Duke that starts at the exact same time, six o'clock. That's phenomenal. <laughs> uh, ACC Network has Pitt Wake Forest. Uh, SEC Network has LSU Florida. I think ESPNU has a replay of Kentucky, Tennessee. What sport? Basketball. <laughs> From what year? I don't know. It just they says Kentucky, they Tennessee. Play, they haven't played yet this year, so it has to be from some other year. I mean, unless really like, hold on. <laughs> but either way, uh, I would take the under on the thousand warm bodies actually watching this what are, why what are we doing scheduling that game at the same time as the damn super bowl hey but we got that digital network chad it's part of our big new espn aac uh media right Dave, why not four o'clock why not four o'clock right game ends at six i got media to do you know press conferences to do afterwards I should be okay by kickoff. They've ruined my whole day. Maybe the most interesting Super Bowl of all time. Really? You think? Like, I don't know. I mean, Brady versus Mahomes. 
you got like a guy that's going to this 10th Super Bowl versus a guy who's already in the second. Like, is it really that interesting? I'm interested. I'm interested in watching the Super Bowl. I know. I mean, I'm, I would be otherwise interested in watching the Super Bowl. But now I'm not going to get done with my responsibilities. I'm going to say a bad word. I'm sorry, Dan. Until like nine fucking o'clock. You know what you could do? No, I can't. Why not? Because I'm a responsible adult that works his job. Isn't that why you hire underlings? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> For moments like this? <laughs> See how bad they want it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so mad. I'm so mad about this. Well, it's it's just it's idiotic. Like from a from a AAC standpoint, like why are you doing this to yourself? Like the whole point of ESPN Plus was to determine your own game times. No one t- right. is telling them that they have to have this game at six o'clock. They're choosing to have this game at six o'clock. Other games on ESPN Plus that day. Army Holy Cross at 3.30. Can we not get the fucking 3.30 time slot? (laughs) Can you not? Can you not put Army Holy Cross at 6? Can you just not put Army Holy Cross on at all? Evansville, Loyola, Chicago, 2 o'clock. Florida A&M, NC Central. Two o'clock. I've heard the Ramblers are having a quality year, which it's probably a good thing we didn't have to play them because that would probably be another loss. Lafayette Lehigh, two o'clock. That is a huge, huge Patriot League rivalry. Temple Wichita State, two o'clock. ESPNU, you assholes. (laughs) You wonder why we're trying to get the fuck out. Drake Valpo, 2 o'clock, ESPN+. Plus. Boston U, Colgate, 1 o'clock, ESPN+. Plus. Morgan State, Howard, noon, ESPN+. Plus. I mean, this has six, been a very ranty back half of the podcast. <laughs> well, we stopped talking about football. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad about this. I'm so mad about this i mean i would just like to have and i totally am 100 percent on your side of things but i would just like in a very calm manner to ask i believe is his name chuck sullivan the guy that's like in charge of basketball scheduling or whatever for the conference or whoever that person is i would just like to go mr basketball schedule guy can you walk me through uh what went into putting Cincinnati at six o'clock on Super Bowl Sunday on a digital platform where you get to determine the game times? Like, I just want to know what actually went into it. Like, was there a reason that this had to be at six o'clock? Is it a is it a first come first serve thing? And they 
forgot to put the time that they wanted in and Bucknell and Lehigh or Colgate and whoever got the time that they wanted, did they draw straws with Temple and Wichita State and UC and Tulane drew the shorter straw? Like, you could have every single game at the same time on ESPN+. Plus. Right! It's not a channel! <laughs> It's like someone that owns an internet site once told me uh, or once told somebody I know that was was working on content for the for said site and they they turned in some content and the content never got published and he asked what happened to my content and the response was we've got too much content right now You're on the damn internet There's no such thing There's no such thing as too much content do you think he was listening to this? No. How about I think the guy that's responsible for a lot of this is uh, his name's Brian Thornton. Ooh, yeah. I seem to remember someone making a joke about that and being told that it would be a big deal. Wasn't me. I know it wasn't you. I know who made the joke because it was me. I don't remember. No, who was pissed off about it when it happened because it was me. <laughs> Give Mr. Thornton the benefit of the doubt. Since I've never spoken to him in my entire life, I don't want to cast dispersions. I've had people tell me I probably shouldn't do that, but uh I'm saying that tongue in cheek. I you know, I fully 100% believe that this is a total like, hey, I get to control when you play. Haha, ha, look what I'm going to do to you. Yeah, speaking of Thursday's game, next Thursday's game, if it happens, February 4th, scheduled for the University of Cincinnati, has been moved to Philadelphia uh, because on the fly, the American Athletic Conference has come up with a policy that. If you are the reason a road game is canceled because of uh, COVID protocol, the return game is now at the mercy of the team that had their home game canceled. And they get to pick whether they play on the road or at home. Uh, that is with the caveat, if the uh, postponed game uh, does not look like it's going to be played. So what we've learned from this is that first game against Temple is – it's not happening. Not happening. And then Temple got to choose whether they would play on the road or play at home. Uh, now this isn't a this isn't a complete one for one, but how pissed are Tulsa football fans if they knew about this rule? <laughs> they probably wouldn't be real happy. They probably. I mean, it's not the same. No, it's not because the conference championship, championship is a different game, deal, right? But- yeah. Should we tell them? Is is this is this payback to Cincinnati for like, <laughs> hey, look, we floated you that conference championship game. Uh, we're gonna. We're no, gonna I don't think they did. That was that was in that that was like a that I wasn't know, that was the policy. Why it was a that was, was the policy. But that's what still, I don't like. It's Dave. still funny if, as hell. Yeah, that's what I don't like though. If this was the policy that was set at the beginning of the season, look, we know we're gonna have some cancellations. If you have to give up, if you have to give up a home game because of somebody else's problem, we're going to try to do right by you. 
and give you the choice. The reason they give teams the choice is um, for NCAA tournament purposes. Because if you're Houston and this happens with, say, your home game against Tulane. Or at UC. Or at UC. (laughs) You don't care whether it's there or at your place what you no, do I care actually, about i would actually prefer it to be on the road because right, that's what i'm getting at fans that's what i'm getting at because of the net it helps to play the game on the road so it can bump to a tier three instead of a tier four or a tier two instead of a tier three whatever that's why the, the opportunity is there to pick uh temple of course what do they care they want a home game yeah we want to play you at our place. We don't want to travel. Uh, so we don't have to. We both stink. Why right. should, we don't want to travel. So that that's my biggest gripe with that is I don't like that it was made up on the fly. Oh, it's ridiculous. Um, like, they very easily could have been implemented at the beginning of the season. Like it's not a, a far-fetched thing to, to think about or to come up with. And you're implementing it like after Cincinnati's it had six games bagged. Like, Do you think they're trying to duck temple i don't know they, they didn't want that tulsa smoke so <laughs> right um that's what i don't like about it is it, ultimately it's it's a ridiculous move to be punishing kids for getting covid sure you're asking them to give up everything and then you're gonna make them uh, this is it's good they're gonna if they play these next three games, they're going to have to play five straight road games. It will be the first time in American Conference history, the storied history of the American Conference, that hey, a team has, has had to play five straight I'm road John games. I'm John Brandon. I say we want to play every game on the road. We're going to run the table. We're going <laughs> to accumulate all these net points. We're going to win the conference tournament, which I don't think is going to happen. We're going to make – we're going to make the NCAA tournament, which I don't think is actually going to be a thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> I, I just think it's poor form to do it midstream. I, I to, it, It's as you and I have talked many, many times. It's Mickey Mouse. Yeah. It's Mickey Mouse. I got a story. I got a story I want to tell. I don't know. No. How much trouble getting in, I'll get into telling yeah, just, that story. Let's, let's hold off. I'm going to clear this story. Let's just hold off. You've, you've gotten yourself in enough trouble this week. Let's, I have. I talked too much. Let's, let's hold off. People are like, what are you talking about? Oh, trust me. I, <laughs> I talk too much. Let's just say that. <laughs> I'm going to be your conciliary here and just say, you know, just save, save for a rainy day. I'll and save it. I, I, let, me, let me get the story cleared. Make sure that it's accurate. No, it's accurate. I just want to make sure I'm not going to get in trouble for telling it. <laughs> kind of already know the answer to that one, don't you? I mean, if you got to ask ahead no, of time. No, I think I might be allowed to tell it. I just don't know when. I mean, we're basically, what, 40, 42, 40-something days out from the tournament? Yeah. Am yeah. I Am I off base thinking that there is no way in hell – it's going to happen. No, it's going to happen. Because they, they don't can't, have choice. I mean, they lost $600 million on last year's yeah. tournament. Because they weren't smart enough to ensure their tournament in I case just, I mean, something happened. I know this isn't like 
you know, it's, it's going to happen. It's not this comparable to football or whatever, but like, why would half these teams that are actually having good seasons have any interest in showing up to a conference tournament? I, they not? wouldn't. I don't know why they would. They're going to get pressured. No chance. They're going to get pressured because of the, the money again. Well, and so, you know how much money you're going to lose in NCAA tournament credits if you get COVID at your conference tournament? Well, I mean, but that's and you can't play in the NCAA tournament. I, hey, I totally agree, but I'm just saying, like, why? Why would, like, honestly? I mean, I guess because they might like, like, what if what if Gonzaga just said we're done right now until the NCAA tournament? They played 13 games. I mean, now the problem have, there is you want to. You want to stay, sure. Fresh. But you know, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, they certainly w- don't need to play in their conference tournament uh, to make the tournament. They the the only thing that can happen is that they either lose, which they'd still make the tournament, but they would lose, or they get COVID. <laughs> like, and if they're going to have the tournament, they're going to have it as normal as possible. So, like. What happens if Gonzaga gets COVID? Can they can they not play in the tournament? They're just they're just going to replace them with uh, you know, as you and I joked the other day, first four out might be one of the best spots to be in. Yeah, they're in like you you bring the first four out to the bubble, and you say, "Be ready to go." What a mess! And these idiots had months, freaking almost a year. They had a year. Yeah. They had a year. They had a year. They had the opportunity to watch how football bumbled all over themselves during the summer and then into the fall with the Big Ten and the Pac-12. And then somehow, because I think college football just is this like unstoppable force anymore, they, you know, in no benefit of themselves or because nothing that they actually did right, they end up getting a season in. Right. It's not because they were smarter or better than anybody else. It's just because college football is, is what it is. And yet I feel like, you know, we're about in February and it's like the, I feel like we're just waiting for the exact same thing to happen to the basketball tournament. Yeah. Except the basketball tournament, as we have seen is not an unstoppable train. No, it is not. I mean, Dan Gavitt, and I can't remember if it was Goodman or Katz uh, on one of their podcasts. Dan Gabbett was on yesterday, I think. And they asked him, like, what happens if a, a team in the tournament gets COVID? And his response was basically like, we ain't, we ain't waiting for you. Well, here's like, my question. We, we can't pause games. We can't, we can't push it back a week. What happened? For you to, there's going to be forfeits. There's know, going to be forfeits what, in the NCAA tournament. What? So, like. What happens if a team in between the Elite Eight and Sweet 16 and Elite Eight gets COVID? Does the team that they're supposed to play just automatically go to the Final Four? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's going to be forfeits. <laughs> what if a team, first round upset, like 14 over three seed, and the rest of the way they get they advance because the teams they're supposed to play got COVID, and they play one game, and they're in the Final Four? I'm here for all of it. Look, I'm look, here for – you know me, I am – king of chaos and look that would be amazing uc is not going to be in the tournament it's it breaking news i know <laughs> moo breaking news uh i'm here for all of the chaos every bit of it 
Oh, Whatever I, it is. I, I mean, I want I want one seeds getting COVID before the tournament even starts. They're you know they're out. I want teams advancing like multiple rounds because their opponent got COVID. They're out. Like, oh yeah, I want it all. Yeah. I want like um, you know, this team beat that team. So this team advances, but the team they beat got COVID. So now the team that advances has to go into quarantine. So they're out. Team, so a team that lost and got COVID, but the team that won never actually gets COVID, but because they were in contact with the team that had it, that lost, now they're out. Now both of those teams are out. So now the team that plays them in the bracket has now to we're advance. Just, now we're just talking silliness. We're, we're no, like- we're not. Dude, we just had a team yesterday that canceled a full week because an official had COVID in their game. UConn wiped out a week. What do we do? Like, what? Are, I mean, I, I say this understanding that this is a pandemic, but it's like. It is Connecticut state rules, like Connecticut guidelines. And basketball could not be treating these, these, this pandemic any differently. And here's the, here's the, the, the perfect. I'm not, I'm not saying which one is right. I mean, I think most people know I've been what side I've been on. So I'm not saying which one is right, but like, how are these two sports treating this so differently and not getting like the results aren't better or worse. That's the thing. The game was at UConn, UConn Butler, right? After the game, official test positive. UConn immediately shuts down for a week. Butler's probably playing this weekend, right? They're playing Saturday against Xavier. Xavier, yeah. <laughs> they they did to their credit. They moved the game back a day. Oh, because that matters. <laughs> to make just to make sure they moved the game back a day. Make sure, yeah. The you see, they played in in how many days? One day. Yeah, we're just going to make sure. Move yeah. One, day. <laughs> one more day of testing. Just make sure that that official did not uh, infect anyone. UConn shuts down for a week. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just looking at like Mississippi State played an SEC game with like 45 guys. Yeah, yeah. And, and the NFL is like that's not enough guys to play a game. The NFL apparently can't get COVID on Sundays. <laughs> I mean, I love the NFL and I think they've done a great job. But like, get the fuck out of here! That you guys didn't have to cancel one game, didn't have to move more than like a couple games. Like nobody got COVID. On Sunday, you, you, I mean, like, get out of here. <laughs> but, but, like, yeah, UConn, oh. just like, no, we can't play. Like, the, the we're official, out. The official, he was running around. He's he's out at mid court. We're out for a week. Butler, yep. nah, we're good. Let's just make everybody good. You, you did those nasal swabs on Friday. <laughs> good, good. Let's go. Oh my god. But I, I mean, I'm here for it though because if <sighs> if if every state was like some of these states, we'd still be you know doing nothing. So, <laughs> but yeah, you got SEC football games with like walk-ons starting, yeah, and 45 man rosters, and then you you can't play a game because an official tested positive. As for you, see officials wear masks. Uh, yeah. So, so. 
God. Uh, college basketball is my favorite, though, because the coaches wear masks until they have to scream. Yeah, when, and they're, then, when they're projecting the most possible distance from their spit and and saliva and everything. They got to take the you mask take off. That off Because if you scream into a mask like that, you'll just get a headache. And, you know, no one will be able to hear you with the 200 people that are in the arena. And I, I, I gave, I gave Travis Steele a hard time uh, after the crosstown shootout because he had a neck gaiter uh, that he didn't put over his face the entire day. Right. Uh, so I, I want to make it clear. I don't like the neck gaiter. Put it on your face if you got I mean, it on your neck. Lift it up. It, put it on your wear face. It right. Like I don't. I don't like the chin diaper either. And no. John has. The... John is a big chin diaper guy. Yeah. I'm not big on the chin diaper either, and I'm not big on the point of the mask is for when you're talking and being vociferous to keep all the stuff in. Oh, you'll you'll love this one. So my buddy. So buddy don't mine. take it off when you yell. Buddy of mine from Tennessee is from Memphis, and he's a Memphis fan. And I happened to just have on my TV the other night a Georgia Tech game. Guess what Passner wears? The shield. I the saw shield. It. I yeah. took a picture, and I sent it to my buddy, and I go, because of course he does. And he just yeah. like, oh, he yeah. lost it. I'm like, of course Passner wears the shield. Like, of, of course, course he does. I haven't yeah. seen any other coach wear it. But if you gave me guess three basketball coaches that wear a shield, he would I would have guessed him. You know, the only coach I can I can get down with with the way that their their improper mask protocol is Danny Hurley. Have you seen what he does with his mask? I, I have not. He goes up. Oh, like over his eyes? No, he just lifts it up like in between his lip oh. and his neck. He goes up here. Everybody else goes down, so it's a chin diaper. He does the 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 mustache, Danny, the mask mustache. Danny from stores. Danny from stores does the mask mustache. So we've got three. We got three things. We got well. We got the visor. We got Darth Darth Passner with the visor. We've got the neck gaiter. We've got the chin diaper. And, the mask and we've got mustache. the mask mustache. The mask mustache. How much is this like killing Danny and guy and Mick? Like you can't yell like you want to because that. It's just so much louder with like no band, no fans. Yeah. They just, I mean, they can't do it. Yeah. Because every, every syllable is on TV. They got to be dying. I'd be yeah. dying. <laughs> We've dropped like eight F bombs in this podcast. Oh, this has been like more, more than any Dave After Dark. Like, we, I mean, <laughs> this has been, look, Jimmy was awesome last week. My cheeks are just as much from this past hour like we did we did a, a solid a solid like 40 45 minutes of football and we've done another solid 40 45 minutes yeah, of just cussing and, and ranting I yeah mean, cussing and ranting and it's a good thing no one took me up on my who wins more games bet because <laughs> you would have won i mean are they even gonna play enough games to that's that you would have won by default up? <laughs> i don't know i don't know uh, we'll, so we'll, see. we'll see the other part about it is i want the tournament because like i don't know if you know saw this michigan state just lost tonight by 30 to rutgers like you're gonna have a tournament without duke without kentucky without michigan state like i want to see what a tournament like yeah okay well it, 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 this tournament 
maybe I'll be wrong, man, but I, I just Gonzaga is so much shit out of everybody, right? So much better than everybody else. I mean, I was Baylor's really, really good. Baylor's really good. Can they score with them? I don't think so. Iowa can score think so. with them, but can they score? Like they don't play any defense. So like, Iowa couldn't Iowa couldn't stop Gonzaga if their life depended on it. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like they might score 80, but Gonzaga scored 95. Right. I I can't remember. Like they have to be like a one of the most prohibitive favorites ever, right? Like right now, I, I think they're the they're the highest ranked Ken Palm team since that 2014 Kentucky team, the undefeated until Anthony Davis the, team. Yeah. No, 2012 was Anthony Davis. Oh. 2014 was Towns and all those guys that went oh, undefeated okay. until Wisconsin. I got you. Yeah, they're the highest-rated Ken Palm team since 2014 Kentucky. Like offensively, I mean, they're, they're so much better than everybody like, else. Nearly like 90 points a game, and they're not bad defensively. Wait, like this is not a who cares? Be terrible. What, you give up 75, but but that's my point. They're still not terrible. They're they're pretty sound defensively, and they have dudes one through nine that can drop 15, 20 on you. Well, I mean, Jalen Suggs is good defensively. Yeah. Did you see the passing? I've talked about this on a couple. Yeah, like, it, just, yeah, the, the full have, court actually with spin. Yeah. Not not from 70 feet, spinning it back to a guy for a dunk. No, no, no. I'm saying I saw that. It's like one yeah. thing that I have actually seen this year. That was one of those, like, that's – you're an asshole if you throw that pass. <laughs> You're it's just like, showing off. Remember the the Kevin Love like yeah foot chest pass when he was at UCLA like yeah yeah and this was this was a step above that because it was a bounce pass with spin that came back to the guy. He pulled the string on it like a golf shot. Yeah, I'm. I'm I think I'm done ranting. I got to do radio tomorrow. Yeah, you're you're on the uh, the noon the noon show, right? It's my first two hour two one? hours since he three sixty. Just play this podcast for an hour and a half, and you're, you're... <laughs> take no. There's there, there. This is not an FCC regulated podcast, sir. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, what after a certain hour at night is it? <laughs> what? Yeah, noon. Noon. Yeah. Okay. The dump button. <laughs> yeah. You get, all kinds just of work. Hold, just hold it down. <laughs> That's just dead air, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> but. Oh, crap. All right. Well, the fun thing about these are we always are like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we're like, what are we going to talk, talk about? And I'm and like, then, hey, we can do our like top five thing. And then an hour and a half later, we're. We have any, we, the top five thing never happened. Nope. And uh, we cussed a lot. We did do that. <laughs> that that is that that whole thing. Ever since the uh, like the the community, like BCJ Zooms started, yeah. the cussing restrictions. <laughs> we, Got a little, we went a little, a little fast and loose. We went from PG thirteen to R, which I'm much more R than I am PG thirteen. And so are you. So, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. All right. That wraps it up. We'll be back next. I, we might as well just do it every week, right? I mean, until further notice, we'll just be here every week. I know Berg is uh, 
if you've been following along on his YouTube or on their, their GoFundMe page, Berg is back in Atlanta for a couple weeks, um, getting ready to, uh, to bring his wife home and continue her re- rehabilitation at home. So I don't know if we're going to get Berg here in the next week or two. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have basketball in the next week or two. So yeah, so we'll we can see. like put a bow on recruiting from a conference standpoint next week, maybe. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Um, again, there's there's not going to be any signings next week for the Bearcats, yeah. uh, other than hopefully signing a running back coach. It's about what I got. All right, Dave. Thanks to the Holy Grail. Thanks to Leah's landscaping. Thanks to Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. We'll see you next time. Glad to be so here. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.